Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 65 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, we all love to have great ideas, but do great ideas just come to us or is there something we can do to create them? We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Reinvention Me podcast. I'm, I'm still laughing a little bit here, Armin, because <laughs> <laughs> I just started out that last intro, and this is a retake. I just started the last intro with a, just a totally couldn't get my tongue to work. <laughs> so... <laughs> So now I think la la yeah exactly la la la. I did not do my tongue warm ups before we started this episode. Well, you know, probably should never let you see them sweat, right? But right. in any case, welcome to this episode of Reinventure Me. This is the podcast for what's next in life, and I'm your host Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi, and we are here to bring you this episode. We're going to talk about getting ideas generated and created, and getting some good ones on the table. Right. We're here to help you discover the new ways you can reinvent your life, your opportunities and adventures God's called you into, and all those things uh, require great ideas. So that's what we want to talk about today. How are you, Armin? Good. How are you, Larry? Well, I have an idea that we should get this podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well, let me first ask you, where did this idea come up from that you wanted to do this specific episode in terms of creating ideas? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that's a great question because you're going to uncover the very fact that I didn't use any of what we're going to talk about here to come up with the idea for this podcast. <laughs> you know what? Well, you know what? Way back in episode 36, we talked about how to tell someone if their idea is stupid, right? You remember right. that? I yeah, do it was kind of that. a fun episode. Yeah. And I don't think when I look back over the archives, we ever actually talked about what's the process for creating a great idea. And so I think we just kind of naturally assumed that, you know, we talked about that. And then when I look back, I was like, we actually never really talked about how to have one of your own. We talked about how <laughs> to tell someone else their idea is stupid. Right. You know? That's not useful. No, it isn't. It isn't. We got to get into that today. And that's, I think, the purpose of this show. We should probably kick off with an Inspire Me, though, right, Arby? Let's do this. We might as well just call this section or this segment, the Albert Einstein segment. <laughs> the uh, Albert Einstein Memorial. Yeah, because pretty much all we do is quote Albert <laughs> Einstein. We are groupies. But we're quoting him saying, the only sure way to avoid making mistakes is to have no new ideas, which is pretty much factual. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, you know, I think the the point of his quote, of course, is that we can use it to avoid making mistakes and that you're always going to have mistakes and right. you can't keep from having mistakes. But we're twisting it a little bit and we're focusing on the idea part of it. And mm -hmm. sometimes we don't generate new ideas just because we don't like to rock the boat. Things are fine as they are. I've got enough to do as it is. The last thing I need is another idea to, to throw me off course. Right. 
And there are times when that's absolutely true. But I think we want to talk about this from a perspective of, you know, we all have things in our lives that can be improved, that can get better. I'm not one of those improvers, so to speak. Anna is much more of an improver than I am. Yeah. I'm more of a starter. In both cases, you need ideas. Yeah. When you're going to improve something, you need to know how you're going to improve it. If you're starting something, you need to know, well, what are some of the things that we want to do to start? Yeah. So she's much more of a, if it's out there, I know how to make it better. And I'm much more of a, I like it if it's not out there and let's figure out how to get it out there. You're the innovator. She's the maximizer. Perhaps. Is that, (laughs) yeah. And where are you in that spectrum? I'm more of the innovator. But if you put me in an operational role, I'll go into more of a maximizer. Mm -hmm. But typically I live in the innovation side. Yeah, I've seen you in both, actually. That was why I was wondering how you would have characterized yourself, because I have seen you on the innovation side, and I've also seen you doing the operating stuff. So. Yeah, uh, I just like to build. So as long as I'm in the building phase, I'm happy. If I'm building better processes and maximizing, I'm happy. If it doesn't exist, then I can build something new. I'm happy. I just like building. Yeah. yeah. Well, so pretty much no matter where your temperament type is, we all need to come up with some ideas. Yeah. And the challenge, of course, is for many of us, is not necessarily coming up with an idea, but coming up with a good idea or a great idea to be even more precise. And some of us have challenges just even thinking beyond, you know, one or two ideas. Right. And I think there's actually a process that you can go through. And of course, it's going to vary for everybody that will use it because some people are wired one way or another, or they're more predisposed to a certain way of doing things. But Mm -hmm. it's just thinking through a way in which we might describe this today that might be helpful for people but we should talk really about why this is important to do yeah and just to the point that you just made just to elaborate we're not sitting here thinking this is the only way the best way or the ultimate way or whatever of creating good ideas obviously it's very subjective in terms of my introverted friends are going to want to go sit in a corner where it's quiet Mm -hmm. and journal and come up with ideas on their own because if anybody else there it's a distraction Mm -hmm. but i need people because my ideas aren't really ideas until they literally have to come out of my mouth i have to extrovert it before it's an actual idea otherwise it's just my insanity rolling around in my head yeah and i think we talked about one of our episodes a professor i had said something brilliant he said most people don't know what they think about something and until they start talking about it yeah and it is that putting it out there we don't know exactly what we feel about something until we talk and so for many of us who are more expressives, I would put myself in that category as well. It's oftentimes the best thinking that you can have is when you can do it in front of someone. Yeah. For me, for example, I don't realize how stupid an idea is until I say it. And then once I say it, I think, ah, oh, that was really stupid. Let's not <laughs> <that's>, do that. <laughs> right, that's why you need good friends when you're doing that. Because right. they're the ones that are, that's okay. You've seen plenty of my stupid yeah. ideas. <laughs> but yeah, back to your point of why is this so important? What would you say? We all have things that we want to create or problems that we want to solve. And what ends up happening is whenever we're confronted with something, we tend to take things from a reactive paradigm. Now, we talked about this back in episode 54, The Power of Creativity, where we can choose one of two paradigms to come from. We can be either in the reactive, responsive paradigm that Robert Frist talks about in The Path of Least Resistance, or we can come at it from a creative paradigm. One asks, how am I going to get out of something The other asks, what am I trying to create? Mm -hmm. And those are two different kinds of paradigms. So in either case, though, what ends up happening if you're just in the reactive paradigm is that your ideas become very pragmatic and reflexive. So for instance, you have a fight with Ashley and you go, 
all right, I got to make up to her. How am I going to make up to her? Right. Yeah. And, and that's usually the process because <laughs> I'm usually in the wrong. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't matter. That point doesn't matter, does it? Right. So, you know, you go, well, how do I make up to her? And the, your first instinct might be, I'm just going to go get her a, a dozen roses. That ought to do it. You know? Right. And that may be a great <laughs> reflexive thing to do. And then you might go back and read John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, and right. find that actually he proposes and save your money and buy 12 <laughs> single roses because it's not the size of the gift, it's the frequency yeah. of the expression that is more meaningful generally to women. So that's a different idea, you know, a single <laughs> rose rather than a dozen roses right. or something else. And if we don't think through things, I'm just, you know, of course, using a very silly illustration to make the point. The ideas I think that we're really talking about here are something that's more substantive that would take a longer time for us to implement. But in those cases, if we just act reflexively, we either dispel a bad idea right away and mm -hmm. stop thinking about it, or maybe pursue a bad idea, or don't pursue the best of ideas with just a little bit of energy that we could put toward it. It takes time to generate a great idea, and it takes intentionality. And the reason is very simple. The human brain has a hundred trillion neuron connections. And if we're going to conceive all the possibilities that might be the best outcome for us, we have to give time for all those connections to fire and to work and to tap into the various parts of what's important to us. Right. And the more important, of course, the thing you want to create or the problem that you're trying to solve, the more time you want to give to think slowly. We've talked about the value of thinking slowly right. in previous episodes. So that's the reason to be methodical in coming up with ideas. Again, if it's just something that's you're going to dispatch with quickly, then it's not something you need to be as methodical about. But if it's something that's more important to you, if it's really part of maybe shifting what you do, maybe you're looking at shifting a career or you're looking at shifting and trying a new project or a new hobby or something that's an investment of your time right time is of course the one thing that you can't get back once it's spent that's very true so if it's important in terms of the amount of time to invest in it it's probably helpful to go through a methodology or an approach for generating ideas around it because it is something you're going to be spending time on mm-hmm it is just to your point that if you could create a process around your ideation it will save you a lot of time. And this method might not work for you, but just having a method as a template where you could rearrange it and see what works for you. And it could turn out to be the best thing that you could do for yourself, especially professionally, mm -hmm. just because there's a constant need for it. And if you can save yourself some time, I mean, that's probably one of the greatest investments that you can make into your own life. So yeah. right on. Yeah. So getting into the how to create the goals, I know you created a really interesting way of doing this. How to create the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with a process that, as Armin said, may not be effective for everyone, but I think it is at least perhaps helpful for those of us that want to be a little bit more systematic about how we think about something. And there's really just four steps to this process. The first step is to define what it is that you're trying to do. And I call that the fill-in step. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're trying to create or what is it that you're trying to solve as a problem? And in this step, that's where you want to start with first. You want to have as much clarity around what you're trying to build or create or come up with as you can. And first of all, writing it down is important. And then rewriting it several times using different words helps you identify 
what it is that you're trying to create. Right. And it helps when you can define what's at risk or what's to gain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I don't do this, what's at risk? What do I lose? So for instance, your need might be, I need to generate more income. Okay, well, what's at risk if you don't do that? Well, maybe I can't pay my mortgage for the month. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe it's something else that I need to have. But what's to gain, perhaps the other side of that is maybe it isn't a matter of losing something. Maybe it's a matter of something that you would like to get a new car or you'd like to get something else. And so finding a way to create another income stream might be beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. And so defining is this to hedge against the loss or is it to create a gain and write down as many different ideas or thoughts that you have about defining that goal. Right. It's really important to do that because oftentimes we'll develop options mm-hmm. and we'll develop ideas, but we're not really clear what it is we're trying to solve. Yeah. I think it's really important what you're saying because there's a lot of times people dive into this whole idea generation process and they start generating ideas, but I mean, half an hour into it, they forget why they're doing it. Yeah. And it, ideas take a life of their own. Yes. Because every idea is going to spark a new idea and it's going to create a bunch of rabbit trails. You have no idea what you're doing if you don't lay out the goal ahead of time. So if you don't define the purpose, you're going to create new ones along the way. Well, you were a homeowner. Yes. Yeah. Well, so you know how this works. You start looking at, well, maybe we'll put in new carpet. Yes. And then you realize, oh, we've got to change out the window trim and then we've got to paint the wall. And now the ceilings are going to look awful if we don't do that. And that (laughs) wall should come down before we put in the carpet. And one decision can have a ripple effect. And then pretty soon you're like, what is it we're trying to solve again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So if you have the purpose laid out, it kind of helps the process out quite a bit. And it keeps everybody on track. I mean, even before the ideation process starts, maybe I'll talk more to the group setting than Mm -hmm. you to the individual. But if I'm a part of a think tank or brainstorming session or anything like that, one of the first things I always try to do is if I'm leading it is I always write the the purpose or the goal of this ideation session out on the board or wherever we are, you know, and just keep that at the forefront of our thoughts so that we remember why we're doing this and then generate everything around that. So mm-hmm. if it's it goes outside of that, we're not saying it's a bad idea, but we put it to the side and say, all right, that's a good idea. It's not a bad idea. It just doesn't have anything to do with what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So let's just shelf it and then let's keep going on this topic or with this goal, with this purpose. So yeah, great point. So what's the second F on your four Fs? Yeah, so (laughs) Hermine knows there's four Fs. So the first one's to fill it in to define the goal. The second one's to fill up. And that is to deliberately generate volumes and volumes of ideas. So this is the point of brainstorming where there's really no bad idea. There's just, you put the ideas on the table. And Mm -hmm. great ideas really just come from lots of not so great ones. And I like what Steve Johnson wrote when he wrote his book, Where Good Ideas Come From. He says, the trick to having good ideas is not to sit around in glorious isolation and try to think big thoughts. Mm -hmm. How many times have we done that? Right. right? The trick is to get more parts on the table. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely right. And sometimes it's kind of like taking a drawer. We used to have uh, drawers of Legos, you know, and you just throw them all on the floor and you go, okay, so what can we build from this? And you're looking at it, you go, what is this thing? What is that little thing with this thing sticking out do? And, you know, so you will find that when you just start coming up with bunches of ideas and you get a create volume, they may not have a lot of connectedness or a lot of relatedness. Yeah. And the idea isn't to shoot them at this point. The idea is just to generate them. You know, for those of you who might think that you're not any good at this, I think you're better at it than you probably think you are. <laughs> and it's just a question of practice. 
And one of the best ways to do it is just to start with a friend who might also be able to generate ideas with you. Yeah. Now, I have a friend, his name is Gordon, and he can come up with ideas. Like, you just name a topic and he'll spew out 20 ideas and you can't write fast enough to keep track of all the ideas. <laughs> yeah. Now they're not all good. Yeah. But that's not the point. Yeah. You know, like Stephen Johnson says, get the ideas out on the table, get the parts out on the table. So here are some things that you can do to generate lots of ideas. First of all, make a numbered list, just take out a sheet of paper and write down like one to 20 and see if you can fill that list. And maybe you don't, maybe you get to 10, maybe you get to 20 and you can make it to 50, but just make a list and keep it nearby you, Uh, you know, on your desk at work or at home or wherever you can easily access it, or maybe you have it on your computer or your tablet. And then that way you just can add to it as you go. Second thing you can do is you can journal about the goal, not the options right now, journal about the goal and why it's important to you and writing three pages every day. And we talked about journaling back in episode 24. That's a great way I've found to just come up with lots and lots of ideas. But again, don't get married to the idea yet. You're just trying to journal around the goal. A third idea would be to read books that are related to that goal. And we've talked about the value of reading before. And when you read, you get in lots of different ways of thinking about it. You get somebody else's perspective and lens on it that might not be at all what you've thought about. Of course, searching the internet, it seems to be one of the default things that we can do. It's often one of the go-to, first go-to things that we do is just to jump onto Google and see what Google has to say. That's right. I prefer to have it be one of the last things I do for a couple of reasons. One is I find that it taints me in terms of constrains my thinking, and so it doesn't force me to think myself first, which is why I suggest Mm -hmm. writing down as many as you can on your own, then through reading before you jump to the internet, because everybody in the internet puts out things fairly concisely, and it can short-circuit your own thinking through that process. The other thing, too, is the internet is a time sink. Yeah. You'll spend forever out there. Yeah, it's an endless abyss. It is. Of ideas, and you want some form of control over this process. Yeah, so my suggestion here is set a timer for 20 minutes and say you're going to just go out for 20 minutes and you're going to find as many ideas as you can, Ah. and that's it. Because if you know a timer's going, then you'll stay focused to your goal Yeah. as opposed to, you know, watching the latest cat video on YouTube. I just got to do that in general (laughs) because I'll say, all right, I'm just going to take a mental break and get on Google or Facebook and, you know, tap out for 15 minutes. An hour and 30 minutes later, I come to reality and realize, well, I was definitely not 15 minutes. Right. You know, so yeah, I think it's a great idea. I love that. Right, right. Ask a friend to brainstorm with you. We brought that up before, Armin. That's a great way to do it. And then the last idea here is this number six is to uh, meet new people, attend conferences and webinars. All those things can help you add to your list. And that's really what you're trying to do right now in this step is the fill up. Mm -hmm. Just get as many ideas as you can out on the table. To Larry's point, if I'm ever doing this in a group setting, one of the first things I try to do is I always check the environment I'm in. So if I'm in a business and I'm creating an idea around the business that I'm in, one of the first things I want to do is I actually want to leave that business environment so that I can actually generate creative ideas that aren't going to be, I don't know, put me in a box based on the environment that I'm in because it's going to be set in certain ways of thinking. So one of the first things I do for me to go fill up in this section that Larry's talking about of the filling up is I want to abandon ship in the area or in the environment I'm in so my creative juices can flow and I'm not constrained. And then when I get out there, 
for example, there in one of the other businesses I was a part of, we would go into this room. It was a conference room. It had this huge window where the sun would shine in. And I would always start off and say, all right, our goal is to blot out the sun. And we would just have post-its everywhere. So mm-hmm. rather than writing lists, we would just get multiple mm-hmm. different colored post-its. And we would just throw pens, markers, Sharpies, whatever, all over the table. And I mean, it was we would literally dump a box out. And then the goal, whole goal would be to just idea dump. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't process with each other. We would say, all right, here's what we're going to be getting ideas out on. And everybody starts ripping post-its off, writing it and slapping it on the window or on the wall or on the door, wherever they can. And we would literally blot out the sun. I mean, mm-hmm. the room would go dark because we'd have so many post-its up. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason to, to your point, Larry, is that every time you go into the idea generation and you start processing it, you start problem solving it. And if you start problem solving it, you've already gone to step five before right. you've completed step two. So right. to your point, it is crucial that every idea come out. You're not problem solving it. You're right. not rating it. You're yep. not doing anything. Just dump. Yep. Just but slap it up on the wall. Exactly right. You're not exploring how to do it or what it would take to get it done. Right. That comes later. Yep. All you're trying to do is you're putting the big zany ideas out. Yes. And it may not even seem plausible. Yes. But put them out. But there's always a point to this. So the reason you're not rating it and, and the whole reason you're just vomiting ideas all over the place is because even in certain situations, you'll realize some of the ideas that you would have considered to be the worst ideas. After you actually go through the process, sometimes you realize the most ludicrous ideas are sometimes the best ideas, but you don't know that until you go through the process. So just reaffirming what Larry mm-hmm. is saying, do not problem solve, do not rate, do not critique, do not think, just dump. Yeah. Now in a group environment like Armina is talking about, you naturally have time that constrains you to move on to the next step. So the, the meeting is for a day or however long it is, but at the end of the day, you've got the post-it notes on the wall. They have to come down. Right. I'm suggesting you do the same thing personally. So if you're brainstorming personally and creating your own list that you're incubating over time, that you set a time for it. So maybe you say, I'm going to, for the next two weeks, I'm going to generate as many ideas as I can around this topic and you give yourself a couple weeks to just come up with ideas or maybe you want to take a month maybe you take three months however long it is yeah however much time you feel is appropriate Mm -hmm. but take that list and then set the deadline for when you're going to do it then you move into the third phase yeah third phase so you got f the third f so the first (laughs) one is fill in the second one's fill up this is filter and that is to review and refine so what you're doing is you're really just taking a look at what you've got in your list and you're going to rate each item now what i suggest is you take a list and you rate it very simply. You just ask yourself on a scale of low, medium, high, how much energy do I have around that idea? You don't have to ask any other qualitative thing. How much do I like it? And yeah. you don't have to say why or anything at this point. Just right. one, two, three, or low, medium, high, how well do you like that idea? And then take the top ideas that you have, however many are left. There are three, five, ten, two. Find out what's common about them. Mm-hmm. Now you might find that, oh, you know, when I look at that, all those ideas are low risk ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to play it safe. Right. Or maybe you're finding they're all high risk ideas. Yeah. You know, and then maybe you're finding, oh, you know what? They're really all saying the same thing. They're just a variant of the same idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll help you generate even more ideas that come from that refinement. Taking a look at the top ideas. Now say to yourself, what can I do to improve those ideas. Yeah. So just looking at the ones that are clustered together, it's telling you something around what you have energy for. And then 
my favorite form of processing ideas is to journal about them. And so I would say I would take the top idea there or the, each of the top ideas and I would just journal about what I like about it. How would I feel now here? This is important for me. How would I feel once it's done? You know, so it's just instead of imagining what it takes to do it, think about once it's done, do I feel like I'll be satisfied? I'll be happy about that. And where will it take me next? Will that idea generate something else that'll take me down a path that I want to go down? Mm -hmm. I might find a good idea is solving a problem that doesn't last for a long time for me. And if I want to make sure I get the best idea, I want to find one that I can be invested in for a longer period of time. So that's another good reason to just kind of take a look at it. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, my process for group processing this type of ideation is very similar But here's what we typically do is we always bring in larger post-its, those big giant post-its that are like a half sheet size of paper. And what we do is you just basically say, all right, all these ideas are out there. No matter what you're ideating, there's always going to be common denominators. You're going to be able to create categories within whatever you're ideating. And then you say, all right, let's look at what we have and start creating whatever categories or common denominators are out there. And then whatever we come up with, we would write it on the big post-its, slap it on the wall, and then we'd go take the post-its and we put it under the categories or the big mm-hmm. post-it. And as soon as we can find these common denominators and we start moving those post-its around, we realize all we're doing is filtering. That's exactly right. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're narrowing it down and saying, okay, here's the main idea out of these you know, 85 post-its right here, the one category all these represent is this. Mm -hmm. And then you keep doing that over and over. And then you just basically created a simple process of narrowing down all those ideas into simple categories. And we took a little over 1400 individual post-its and narrowed it down to, I think it was either six or eight categories. And we'll talk about what's next. And that was a group of, it was myself, two facilitators, and nine other senior pastors that were all in a room sitting mm-hmm. and ideating. And mm-hmm. we were able to narrow it and agree that there's six or eight different common denominators or categories. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, that's a great filtration process. And you realize why every idea is a good idea because it helps you see different categories from very different perspectives. Right. There'll you be- might not implement the idea, but it right. brings color to the rest of the ideas. Right. right. And furthermore, it actually creates different perspectives of the different categories. Mm-hmm. So one person will give it to you based on a feeling, an emotion, or whatever. Another person would be illogical. Another person would be strategic, but whatever. But you're looking at this from multiple angles by having multiple people in the room. So, mm-hmm. so we've gone from the fill-in to define what the goal is, to the fill-up, to generate volumes of ideas, to the filter... And now we're to the last step, which is to fill out, which is to develop the idea. And so no matter whether you're in a group's brainstorming session or you're just doing it for yourself, pick one or two of the leading ideas that remain and start breaking that down into steps that you can say, all right, how do I implement this? This is now where we get into the, all right, I'm ready to look at how to implement it. Now, the challenge is at this point is if you've got a great idea, it's going to take probably more resources than you can imagine how to get it done. It's probably bigger than you think your capacity is to do it. And that's probably where you're likely to be just dismissive about it. Right. But if you look at it and break it down into small steps, and instead of committing to the long term, commit to the short term, you're more likely to see it through. And you're mm-hmm. also more likely to come up with more ideas about how you can resource True. getting the whole thing done. 
Yep. But if you look at the big thing, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to feel like you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't add much to that. But if you get to that point, I think before you take it to the next step of developing the idea, if I'm in a group setting, I usually don't go past that session. Mm-hmm. So if it's the ideation session, I won't go past that mm-hmm. session. I'll say, all right, we'll just create action items. And then the next session that we have the next day. Drills that down deeper. So I'll separate the ideation part mm-hmm. to the development of the idea part. Mm-hmm. Once we have that done, we'll separate it out, create a new meeting, and that meeting will be very separate than what this meeting Yeah, was. bringing an idea that you have into reality as a whole separate absolutely probably series of podcasts here but you know this is where you can get a lot of good help you can again turn to some reading from people that have done it before get some specific training or better hire a coach Mm -hmm. or get with a mentor or get with some people who can form a team around you and help you be accountable to it there's all kinds of ways to get help during this but probably exceeds what we have time to do but we should probably pull all this together here and let's see if we can put a challenge me out for everybody we can. We need you guys to go out and do everything that we just said, <laughs> line by line. We need you to memorize what we said. I'm just kidding. All right. So our challenge me is this. Just pick a topic that's important to you and start your idea list for it. It's actually fun to do. Creating an idea list is really fun to do. It doesn't have to be in your journal. It doesn't have to be on your laptop. Just whip out your phone and click on notes and just start dumping ideas into there. It's kind of cool to see what kind of stuff that you come up with. So if you get a chance, just pick a topic that's important to you and start your idea list and have fun with it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's pretty fun. And like you said, I've got an idea list of things that can wait. So I've had some ideas that I think are great, but I don't want to implement them yet. So I park them. So good ideas that can wait. You know, at some point in time, I'll go through that and I'll go, oh, I can use that idea now. Yeah. You know, so. that's, a, that's a really good tip for people like us because all our ideas are great ideas. Of course. So we need to <laughs> and know. we want to make them even greater. <laughs> so it's important to know which great ideas are to be held off on and which ideas are to be implemented. So I like that approach. Well, in all of this, we hope that you at least picked up one or two ideas in generating your own. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And and we'd love for you, of course, to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Even more so, we'd love to get your comments and questions on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 65 or call our show line at 612-314-5447. Well, that's it for today and this episode. And uh, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And we wish you well and have a great week and go get them. Happy Mother's Day. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 